Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. James chapter 1 is where we are in our triggered series. We're coming to a close uh, as we uh, get ready to step into Thanksgiving and then um, uh, into Christmas. But we've got these next, this week and next, as we'll be continuing this series that we've called Triggered and um, looking at um, how we respond to what we see, that we, we are moved by what we see. And so if we're going to respond properly, we need to see properly. And so it's having proper perspective that gives us the ability to respond in our world because there's a lot of crazy. And how many know just because the world crazy doesn't mean, doesn't mean you have to be? Just because the world's crazy doesn't mean we have to be. There weren't enough amens to make me feel good about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, no, I'll take that as my claim. I'm, I'm going crazy with the world. Uh, James chapter 1, James is the brother of Jesus. And I love, every time I, I read this, this letter, the, the book of James, I love being reminded that this is Jesus' brother who writes this letter. Who better to validate Jesus than his brother? No one knows you like your family. If you want to really know who you are, ask, ask someone's family, right? If you, if you really get to know someone by their family, James was the brother of Jesus, who Jesus, of course, uh, being the, uh, the half-son, um, being from Mary, but not Joseph's legitimate son, born of a virgin. How many know that probably sounds weird already to the rest of the kids? Like, you're that one. You're, 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 you're special. There's something, you know, special about you. James is in this category with Jesus growing up. Like, he's just the oddball in the group. That was James' perspective. James, in fact, his siblings said of Jesus, well, shouldn't you go at, at some point, shouldn't you go into Jerusalem and, and do all your miracles so you can prove to everybody? Because they missed it. They didn't recognize it. And so James is a part of that. James is like, that's just my crazy brother. But then all of a sudden, James goes from, that's my crazy brother, to I'm going to surrender my life and follow my crazy brother. How many know something had to happen to make that shift? And here's the shift. Jesus rose from the dead and James saw him with his own eyes and you can't deny the power of God. And when the power of God is evident, you can't deny it changes everything about you. And I love this. When you read this about James, you have to be reminded, James was one of those that everything changed about him because he encountered the reality, the, the work of Jesus Christ, the power of resurrection. James is now writing this letter to the church, and he's writing to the church in a time when they've been persecuted. There is, there's upheaval, there's political unrest, there's persecution coming against the church. There is a time, and they're scattered. This is represented in Acts chapter 8, not long after Stephen would have been, would have been stoned to death. And in this persecution that, that happens, the church then moves out from Judea, to, uh, from uh, Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is what they were told to do all the, all the long. And so this now is a scattering. James is writing a letter and writing words of encouragement and in essence, giving them the X factor of what it's going to take, you know, the significant truth that they need to hold on in the midst of this scattered season. And I recognize that we live in a world that's scattered, but I want you to see that this same truth given to the people in James' day by James, the brother of Jesus, applies to us because we live in a world that's scattered right now. 
There, there's, there's a lot of, of moving parts and things that are shifting. There's a lot of, of just unrest and things that are around us. But I hope today that we would see this almost special access that we have that God provides us. I, I want to look in James chapter 1. Why don't you stand with me today? And the uh, just reading a few verses. The word of God impacts verses. every life that it touches. James chapter one, I have no comment. I didn't even know what, the, what was going on for a moment. I'm like, is that something I said? What is the, all right, James chapter one, starting in verse five. Here's what it says. If you need wisdom, raise your hand if you need wisdom. Wisdom is, is everything needed. Wisdom is the ability to know how to respond in every situation of life. It's wisdom not only to live for God, but it's wisdom on how to do your job. How to, how to raise your family, how to, how to be a spouse, how to, how to handle your finances, that God gives wisdom. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They are a double-minded person. They're divided, and they are unstable in everything that they do. God, I pray that you would help us to be people who are stable in an unstable world. God, I pray, Lord, that, God, we realize that we can't fix the world, but your power can restore, renew, and revive and do every work that's needed. Thank you that you in us is more than enough. So God, I pray that we would know the strength, stability that we have because of your presence in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I, um, I wanna share just from what James shares with the people that are scattered and unsettled in their moment and in this season that they're in in life and in this moment of being unsettled, I wanna encourage us today in what we have to hold on to. The X factor is the significant piece that, that supersedes and makes everything, uh, that, that supersedes and trumps everything else that's taking place. I wanna share today from this message title simply this, the trust factor. That when we establish where our trust is, that it shifts and changes everything uh, about us. Uh, my family and I, um, we're not always board game people, but we have this thing that around the holidays, we always are at Christmas, we buy a board game. And uh, when we buy the, the board game, we play with it for a little while, and then it sits in the garage until we're done playing with it. One of those games one year that we, we got was the, this Jenga, and this is some time ago. It had to be some time ago because this one got chewed up by a dog, and we don't have him anymore. Um, that was the same dog, by the way, that uh, I had my laptop on my, my lap one evening. I'm just sitting there working on some stuff, and I needed to get up and get something, so I laid the laptop on the floor just for a moment so that I could go get something, and when I came back, the dog was lifting its leg over my laptop. We don't have that dog anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there, this, is, this is the one chewed on, and uh, we, we would, we would uh, play the, the games, and, and uh, it's always fun, especially when, you know, we're home and Nobody has a whole lot to do. We, we, you know, we're off school and off work, and now I don't even know. Hopefully the kids come home, and we're at that stage of life now. So it's like just Jody and I playing Jenga now. It's like, 
This is the one the dog ate. Bad memories. I don't... Let's <laughs> pass that one off. I, I, uh, um, this is one of the games that we would, we would uh, play, and, and we, don't, we don't play it that much. And uh, I think we, we got away from it because I think some of it was called patience. And, uh, but you know what? It's recognizing that whatever you build your life upon, everything is holding that together. Your life is built on trust. You're trusting something. There's something in your world that you've established and you are, you, you are building upon this. It's, it's with anticipation, expectation. You're holding this together or believing that what you're building is standing on this. But I'm sure you've been like me that there have been moments in life that you quickly recognize that sometimes the very thing you thought you were building with gets taken away and you don't have what you thought you'd have. Either it's something you thought would be different or you used to have it, don't have it anymore. And whatever this season of your life might be, and we recognize that as we go, trust starts easily but it becomes more difficult to maintain trust the older we get. How many know the older we get, the more experienced we become and more experience teaches us to be more guarded? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I put myself out there before and I got hurt. I'm gonna hold on because I gotta protect it. I've gotta protect whatever this is. For, For some people, they can trust on a dime. They just easily trust. For other people, it takes a little bit more time. And I, I think this is not one of those things that you can just trust easily because if you trust easily, you'll put yourself in danger. But if you don't trust at all, then you'll also put yourself in danger because in not being able to trust really causes us to live in a place where our mind is constantly at unrest. Because we'll try and control every situation only to find out there's not a lot in our control that we thought we could control. That when we don't trust, it's this ability, well, I'll just bring everything in and control what I can control and control everything around me until sooner or later more pieces start to be taken. And you have to establish today what it is that we're building our trust upon. Trust is the ability to stand. And I don't know what today you're trusting. I wanna just give you a couple things here today because we live in an unsettled world. We live in a world that is, that, that, is, that is scattered, but I want you to see that in the midst of the scattered world that you can have a trust that will make the X factor that you can live in a world that's unstable and you can still be stable. Here's what trust brings, and when we, we have trust, here, here's number one, trust equals stability. Stability is, is our ability to remain standing. The inability to trust causes us to have an inability to be able to stand. That If we're not able to trust at all, we're not able to stand in the midst of whatever it is that we're holding on to or whatever it is that we're believing for. Here's what trust does. Trust gives me the ability that even when things get missing from my life, I can still know everything's okay. Trust is my ability to say that even though things aren't as expected, as planned, what I once had, something taken away, that everything's okay. You see, God has created us in this ability to make reasonable decisions, to rationalize. All of us are in this place of being able to make rational decisions. That's the goal. That's how he created us. It's that ability that in the front of our mind, this part of the brain that allows us to be able to process things and in able to process things, it lets us make good decisions. And if we're not careful that where we don't trust, we're controlled by fear. And how many know fear will keep you from making good decisions? 
But it doesn't mean you just trust willingly or just without any, any connection because it's wisdom to be able to know what's going on around you. There, there's a, a wisdom that when you leave here, you don't just pull out of the driveway, out of the parking lot onto the road. If you don't look left or right, you're not too smart. You're operating in a foolishness. You're not gonna say, well, I just have faith and trust. I'm just gonna pull out onto the street and believe every, no, you've been conditioned to recognize, no, there's a, there's a fear of what might happen. So now that fear has given you the ability to have wisdom. That's why the Bible says here, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions. The opposite of wisdom is to be controlled by fear. How many would recognize we live in a world that is controlled by fear? It doesn't matter what your taste is. If you like following the right wing or the liberal left or whatever you're following, they're on every side. There is at every point without Jesus, it's all about fear and control. Whether you're trying to ride the blue wave or the red wave, and whatever wave it is, let me just tell you, on every extreme, it's all about fear and it's all about control. There's only one hope. His name is Jesus Christ, and he has given us the hope for the world. I, I recognize that fear is one of those things, and, and what we have now in our world, right now there's more anxiety, more worry, and more unrest than we've ever had in our world. We live with this unrest. How do we live in a scattered world? What do we do? Well, Jesus said, of course, or James said, if we lack wisdom, we can ask of God and he'll give us the ability to make good choices. Wisdom is the opposite of fear. Fear is something that'll control you and something that'll haunt you and you'll live your life bound by fear. But when you make wisdom or when you implement wisdom, it allows you to make good choices, not just foolish choices. How many have ever done the trust fall? You ever done the trust fall? I feel like every former youth group has done the trust fall, right? It's where you, you stand around like, just trust us and we'll catch you. Just fall back, close your eyes and fall, we'll catch you. The best one I've ever seen done was on YouTube and you can find it uh, uh, later. It's, it, it was a church and uh, they were in their leadership gathering and so they brought everyone in the room and everyone's standing in the circle and I'm assuming it's the pastor. He told everybody, well, we want to learn to trust one another and to develop trust. We're going to do the trust fall and so the trust fall, uh, we're going to gather around and, and someone's going to, to, to close their eyes and fall and we're going to catch them and, and the, the pastor said, Ryan, you go first and so Ryan comes up, he steps up on the chair and, and when Ryan steps up, he says, okay, now close your eyes, Ryan. Ryan closes his eyes and, and everyone's standing in the circle and the pastor says, now we're going we're, we're to gather around you and we're going to catch you when you fall. And so everyone gathers around. They all get behind Ryan and they're ready to catch him. Now Ryan's got his eyes closed and everyone has moved into position. And the pastor says, now Ryan, keep your eyes closed and on the count of three. You're going to fall. And when you fall, they're going to catch you. Just trust and let them catch you. They're all standing in position. They're ready. They're building trust. They're going to support one another. We've got this. They're standing there ready to catch Ryan. The pastor says, okay, Ryan, on the count of three, just fall. They'll catch you. One, two, three. Ryan went forward. You can Google it. It says, it says, trust fall forward. Everyone else is in the back. Ryan fell forward. Why did Ryan fall forward? Because he didn't have the wisdom that was needed. God doesn't just expect you to fall out in just simple faith. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Simply, what, what is he? No, he's asking you to step out on his word and his word goes before you. Without his word, you just have stupid faith. 
You say, well, can you put stupid and faith together? Absolutely. If you step out and just do something, expect God to catch you, that's foolish. When you step out on the word of God, Ryan would have done well to be able to have some clarity in this. I think without the pastor, he, the pastor never said, now listen to this, he never said fall backwards, he never said forward, he just said fall. You know what? It would have made sense to ask the question, do I go forward or do I go backward? You can ask God for wisdom. You can ask God to give you wisdom in the moment that you're in because if not, we stay in a place of unsettled and uneased. Ask God for wisdom because here's what God will do. God will give you wisdom and if you watch, if Ryan would have at least not closed his eyes right away, maybe been one of those things of, okay, let me just make sure everyone's in the, because he's assuming everyone's behind or everyone's around him because that's where he saw him last. I want you to know, Dave, just where you saw God last doesn't mean God's still there. Because God is moving forward, he wants you to go with him. Now you say, wait, God's not, yeah, God is past, present, and future. And he's not stuck in the past, and he's not stuck where you are. So this perception of what is God doing, and if he would have been able to hear, if the pastor would have said, fall backwards, there are times it feels like you're closing your eyes, and you're in the middle of something that's uneasy, and it's stressful, and it's hard in that moment. But if you know his word said, fall backwards, or his word said, and you recognize what God was, you knew where God was going because you anticipated and because of his word and because of what he said and what you perceived, you can operate in wisdom. How many know even operating in wisdom still takes faith? I'm still stepping out, but I'm not stepping out on anything. I'm stepping, I'm not just something. I'm stepping out on his word. And when we take a step of, of faith, whenever we, we operate with trust, it allows us to have stability. Stability lets us, lets us remain in the midst of whatever's going on that we can remain no matter what's happened. Stability for me was recognizing there were places in my life I expected things. And is anyone else like me that there's some things in life that you expected and it was either taken or it didn't come about the way you expected anybody know what I'm talking about? All across this room, they could hold up one of these blocks and say, this is what it was for me. I don't know what yours is. I don't know what it might be for you in a loss and a circumstance, a situation. For me, it was connected to my insecurities because being at a place of I want affirmation and I want, I want to know that I'm validated. I want to know that I'm loved, that I belong. And if it didn't happen the way I wanted it or thought or felt or needed, how many know it would affect everything about me? It would control me until through a process. And this is what I love about learning how to trust God. God doesn't demand your trust. God gives you the opportunity to develop your trust with him through relationship. Notice this says here that he, he'll give, he gives to all without finding fault or without rejecting. You got to know today, your God does not reject you. You are not rejected. And so he, without finding fault, he, he gives. And, and so there's this, recognition of there's something that I'm looking for and I want and I'm desiring. I don't know what that is for you that you would hold up and say, my life would be better if I had this. I don't know what your it is. It never came about. It was taken away. It's not working the way you thought. And whatever it is that there's this moment and I had to come to and recognize, God, whatever I'm looking for from people and I'm allowing it to control me, I'm recognizing that I'm no longer putting my trust in that. I'm putting my trust in you. And whatever it is, I hold up to God and say, God, you are 
all that I need. My help comes from you. My validation comes from you. My hope comes from you. And whatever it is, what I recognize at the end of the day, I may not have it, but I'm okay because I have everything I need. Now that's faith and trust to say, I'm okay. It's trust to be able to say, this piece got pulled out. It's not as I expected. Oh, please stay. I need this the rest. The rest. So, did you see that one I took on the edge? It's kind of, anyway, that's, thought you'd be more impressed than that, but that's it's all right. Some things get taken away, and in the process, we're learning how to develop our trust in God. You see, what we do, we trust when we're young, and then life teaches us not to trust anymore. But in Christ, we learn at the moment we begin to trust him, when we walk with him, we learn how to trust him even more. We learn how to trust him even more. And some of the ways that he's taught us how to trust him is that when we walk through the places that he didn't even want or desire of us, that we can hold on and say, I might not have it, but I still have what I need. I'm stable. I'm st- I've got stability that my trust in Jesus Christ gives me stability in this life that I'm living Here's number two, trust. When we learn how to trust, it gives us stability in the midst of whatever's shaking around us. It also gives us security. Trust gives us the ability to be secure. The, the Bible says that, that, as we just read, that they are a, a person who doesn't trust or believe God, that they are unstable in all their ways and they should not expect anything from God. They should not expect anything from God. Here's the idea of expectation. The expectation is whatever I may not have today and whatever I believe that I need, I can trust God. And I may not have it today, but he'll give me what I need in the future, that I can trust him that my future is secure. Trust is the ability to know that your future is secure, that you have security. There there are trust funds that are given. And people who have a trust fund, the trust funds are set aside for a certain, for a purpose, a specific purpose in the future. The trust fund is guaranteed by a grantor, someone who who puts it together, and they, they have the stipulations, the parameters. And then there's the trustees who manage that. They're put in control of it. And then after the trustees is the beneficiary. How many want to be the beneficiary of somebody's trust fund? Those of you not raising your hand, can I be on yours? I mean, if you could, so you already have one, so uh, uh, we, we can, you can share that. To, to be on the trust fund, there, there requires someone who is the grantor, who sets aside the resource. They have the resource and it's provided. Your God in heaven has set aside resources for you. He has given you security for your future, your life and life everlasting, which means the eternal life that we have in Christ, we have it now, but how many know we're also waiting for it to be completely fulfilled at the day of Jesus Christ? So we have it, but we're still waiting on it. How many know what I'm talking about? We said this a while ago. It's in process. I, I, I have it. It's paid for, but it's in process. There is this, I have it now, but there's a future and there's something coming. Those three things are required. The grantor, the, the trustee, and then the beneficiary. The grantor is God. The trustee is you and I. God had trusted you and I to manage and to trust him, with, and he's trusted us with what he's given to us. Do you realize God has trusted you? Some of us don't realize how much God trusts us because we don't think that highly of ourselves. Some of us think too highly we don't need God. And other people, you don't recognize. I tell you, I meet more people who don't recognize how much faith God has in you, how much God believes in you, how much God has for you, how much God desires of you and desires for you. He is a good God. Did you notice that, that we read that we can ask of him 
and he is a generous God? He is for you. Sometimes our security isn't so set because we're not convinced that God is for us. We, we, we're convinced or, or we, we think that God is out to get us and I've got to get the right order and I won't get blessing until I tell the line, I get my, my, my act together, whatever that might be. I've got to come to a place. No, trusting God is recognizing that he's got your security already provided for that you can trust him in this moment because he's holding you together. It's your security that you can know that he's providing for your future. How many know that if you know your future's taken care of, you'll probably worry less in the moment that you're in? Someone comes along and they wreck your car. Now your car's totaled. But you know that in the next month, you're up for a promotion, and part of that promotion is you get a new car. Now, if you work in a place like that, you honor God because I don't know who's giving away new cars. There aren't any around, by the way. I mean, you can't find them. Have you driven by the lots? They're not anywhere. But if you knew that someone was going to give you a car, how many know your current loss isn't anything because you know you've got a future guarantee? How many recognize because you know a future guarantee, it doesn't cause you to, it causes you to not carry weight of worry in the moment that you're in because you know there's a future guarantee ahead of you? How many know what I'm talking about? I want to encourage us to know that our security is in Christ. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and as we, we, we get ready to bring this to a close, trust equals stability. Even though things get taken out from us, we can still hold on and be okay because whatever this is, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't know what this is, but I don't need it. I'm almost afraid to say this, but I'm gonna say it because there was a process that I went through in my insecurities and fear of losing, fear of losing out, that I had to go through a process and there are people in my life that I love and I want close to me and have everything around me. And I walked through a process that was part of my recognition of how to trust God in my, in my health and in just my mind being healthy, is that I had to come to a moment and recognize that this very thing that I'm lifting up, that I don't need, it's a gift to me. And part of that for me was I came to a moment in my life that I had to recognize I don't need my wife. Some of you are like, what in the world? I know some people looked up when I said that. Because it was an insecurity creating in my life, and out of that need became something that now I gave control of my emotions and my feelings and everything I am to someone else to make me feel a certain way. And how many know when you empower someone else to make you feel a certain way, you'll always get to a place that it's not working the way you wanted it to work. Until I came to a place of saying, no, I don't need, you've blessed and now I'm a steward of what you've given and now need becomes altogether different. My need is already met in Jesus Christ. Now I'm a steward of everything else he's provided for me. Now I'm not trying to use resources, relationships and things to get my emotion and my feeling and my security. My security is set in Jesus Christ. If you wanna know how I broke the insecurities, it was no longer giving the trustee role over to someone else. I took it back because God gave it to me.
Does that make sense? Did I leave anybody behind? Are you, you good? I don't want you all to get stuck on that. Jason doesn't need his wife. No, that's not what I, I did say that. There's a whole difference when I build my world on somebody to fulfill me. Now I've given them control and I've made them the trustees. And that can be given to somebody who's so good, but no one can care for me like Jesus. Because everything in my life is going to be taken, not everything, but there's some things that I thought I had and it's not there anymore because of whatever I'm looking for. I want you to know today, I don't need it because I have everything that I need in Jesus Christ. So I'm stable and I'm secure. And because I'm secure, I know that God will give me everything that I need. And whatever I don't have now, as I trust him, I'm confident that he will provide it in my future and he will sustain me and keep me. So because I know he's got my future intact, I don't have to worry about my today. I feel like that's saying more than you might be recognizing. Because ultimately what I pray is that this unrest and worry that has troubled our world, here's the picture of it. Here's the thing. If we don't allow this confidence and this trust to affect our lives, the opposite of this is that it opens the door to unrest. And here's the picture of Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 18. Saul makes this statement of David. Saul, of course, is at this place where he's trying to look out for himself, and now there's a threat that comes his way. How many know worry? Worry is opening the door to every threat that might be in front of you. How many know what I'm talking about? Worry is the potential wrongs that could happen. And it's like we're looking at every threat. Saul had just been with David when David killed Goliath. They made their trip back to the city. When they get back to the city, word gets back to the people that David killed Goliath. Now the women are singing. David has killed his tens of thousands and Saul has killed his thousands. And Saul hears this song and Saul's like, wait a minute, they're giving David credit for thousands and they're not remembering everything that I've done? All of a sudden, the door opened to threat. They might want him to be king rather than me. And the Bible says from that day, Saul had a jealous eye on David. Saul had a jealous eye on David. He looked at David and now every time he looked at David, he saw threat. He saw worry. He saw concern. Notice what that did though. Verse 10. It says from that time on he had a jealous eye. Verse 10. The very next day a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul. When you open the door to worry and lack of trust, there's a tormenting spirit that comes in. It says from God. It's not because God caused it. It's because God gave an opportunity to shut the door to it. But instead of holding on and trusting God, now he looked at everything as a threat. And this is what is in my heart that I want to say to us. Hey, church, let's not be people looking for monsters around every corner, waiting for the next shoe to drop, feeling like they're There's always a threat. And let me break this over people's mind. Not everybody's out to get you. The danger is we live in this victim mentality. Like everybody's out to get us. There's always problems. There's nothing good. It never, no, I might not have everything I thought I'd have, I desire to have, but I'm okay because my trust is in the Lord. Here's the third thing that trust will give you. Trust equals security. Trust equals stability. Trust equals sanity. Sanity is a healthy mind allowing us to make healthy choices. God cares about your mental health. 
God is an advocate for mental health. God wants you to not be overwhelmed by anxiety, to be controlled by fear, to be caught in a loop, to be caught in this suspicion of everything out to get you. God wants you to be good and healthy. He wants you to prosper in every way, and he wants your mind to prosper. The Bible says this, that, that, that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He'll give generously. He's a generous God, and he won't find fault. He won't reject you. But when you do ask, believe in God. Believe that he'll give you what you ask for. Because if not, you're like a, a wave tossed by the wind moving back and forth. And a double-minded person should not expect anything from God because he is unstable in all his ways. That word unstable means restless. I want to speak to you today to receive the rest that comes from God and your mind of worry, your mind of anxiety, your mind of out of control, your mind that's overwhelming you and overtaking you, I want you to know the rest that comes from God. And that rest that comes from God, listen to this, as we're closing here today, don't give control to someone else because God's made you the trustee. He's trust you. He trusts you. Put your trust in the Lord. Quit letting circumstance and people and situations and family members and all this stuff have control over your emotional health. Well, somebody just say yes if you, if you know what I'm talking about today. I want to make sure I'm talking to somebody with relevance here. I, I don't want to just talk to talk. I want to make sure that this is making sense to somebody. And you've given that control over to someone else and you've let them make control how you feel because of, of what they think, what they say. And you've no, take the control back, not in arrogance, but in commitment and faith and trust in God. That's the trust factor. That you can have a confidence that you're good. You might not have, yeah, you want their approval. You might not have their approval, but I'm good because I know my future's secure. And I've got a healthy mind in the process. If you know God's going to bring you through, why lose your mind in the process? Why lose your peace in the process? Why lose this, the ability to hold on, to hold steadfast, and to trust God in the process? Here's what I know. I know that the enemy is like a thief, and he comes in to steal, kill, and to destroy. And for some of us, the enemy has robbed some things from us. The enemy through his skill because you trusted easy but then someone of an evil spirit took advantage of you for some of that that might be emotionally that might be physically some of us have had people in our lives that have done things to us and it's affected our trust and I want you to know this as we close here today here's what I want you to know whatever's been robbed from you that was not God's doing. That is a work of the enemy. And what I want you to know today is number one, you're not a failure. And number two, the enemy hasn't taken everything. You are not a failure. You have made, may, maybe the enemy has stolen from you. The enemy has taken innocence from you. Whatever the enemy has done from you. And it's caused you to not be able to trust. And I want you to know today, it's not your fault. Some of us, have been in places that people have taken advantage. And I want you to know, it is not your fault. You are not a failure. I can't speak to your circumstance, your situation, because I don't know. But in a room this size and with people, I know that your trust has been affected because someone took advantage of it. 
someone manipulated, someone did something in a way and it hindered your trust. And I want you to know today, you're not a failure. And the enemy didn't take everything from you. And that very thing, what God is able to restore, he's able to give back that what the enemy meant for evil, God can bring healing and restoration and wholeness. Because if you trust him with even the little, with what you have, he is a God who's able to do significant things. And I'm not making, making, trying to minimize or bring down. I want you to know we live in a world of brokenness and hurt. And trust is not easy. Trust might not be easy. But our inability to not trust God will affect our ability to be stable, will affect our ability to be secure and to be sane. And if you're being honest, all we really want is stability, security, and sanity. Quit depending on other things to give it to you because even when it falls apart, He knows how to keep you standing. I want to encourage you today that you can trust him. As we were worshiping this morning, I just felt the Lord. I I just, I just, I sensed the presence of God going through this room and just telling people today, I approve of you. I approve of you. You're not a failure. You're not a failure. You're not the end result of brokenness that surrounds you. He says to you today, this is my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. You say, wait a minute, I I don't have my act together. That's not how he shows his approval. He shows his approval in that he chooses you and now your trust in him makes the decision of what you do with his approval. And I'm gonna choose to put my trust in the Lord. I don't know what you're saying today here, but you're in this place. I I want you to, as we just sum it up with this, that whatever you're going through, you're okay, you're stable, and your future's intact, and God's gonna keep you healthy in the process. How How many believe that today? How many receive that? In Jesus' name, yeah, in Jesus' name. Whatever I'm walking through, by faith, because of his word, this might be missing, but I'm okay, I'm stable. I'm secure, and I'm healthy in the process because my trust is in the Lord. I I feel this this morning. I hope you receive it. I hope you receive it. Would you stand in this place today? And I pray right now as we're gonna sing this song, and I pray as we sing this song, that all worry, all fear, all anxiety, all doubt, everything of negative control, everything connected to your past in Jesus' name would fall off, that you would know that you're not a failure and God has a future for you, that this work that he wants to accomplish in your life, that we can trust him. Rest.